about, turn about and do just so. Every time I wheel about, I jump to Good afternoon National 4 and National 5 students and welcome to our next podcast, our next lesson at um, with the free at last unit. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a look here at the main component of this topic. We have been exploring about the American dream, about the open door immigration to America and the old generations and new generations, new trends from Europe coming over to America and having learned about how there's racist attitudes that are starting to become quite entrenched. We've had a look at the WASPs, the white Anglo-Saxon Protestants, and we've had a look at um, how this open door policy then becomes closed. And that's the first part of the unit. With the second issue, what we're going to be doing now is that we're starting to have a look here at what takes place after slaves are freed. What happens when Abraham Lincoln has declared that slavery has come to an end? Because in the northern states of America, they're more industrialised. In the southern states with the plantations, they really do rely on this as their form of the economy. And we're going to have a look about how, you know, prejudiced notions are not going to be changed overnight. That people that have owned slaves are not going to see them as equal. And we're going to have a look at the emergence of the Jim Crow laws. How it is separate but equal about how white and black people were supposedly to live in two separate spheres but they were going to be equal. But after this lesson today, you're going to see about, yes, they are separate, but by no means are they equal in society and how racist and how prejudiced society is towards black Americans. And this is the start of their struggle in terms of being free at last, the words of um, Dr. Martin Luther King. So just to recap here in terms of the prejudice notions following a post-Civil War, in America. So the southern states of the United States of America, racism was deeply embedded in society. Although slavery was declared illegal in 1863, it existed until the end of the Civil War in 1865, and the idea of white supremacy remained strong in the southern states. Two amendments were made to the American Constitution to correct this. So the first one, and this is something that we've had a look at last in one, we've got the 14th Amendment in 1868 that says no bill, no state shall make any law that will reduce the rights to citizens in the United States. Otherwise, you know, they're equal. In the 15th Amendment in 1870, it said here that the right of the American citizen to vote shall not be denied because of their race or their colour. Now, when you would read that, you would think, well, in 1780, like we've got a very democratic and very forward-thinking America that everyone and anyone can vote. But you've seen in terms of our lessons last week and how, you know, through the Gentlemen's Agreement in 1907, that Chinese immigration is going to be halted. Japanese immigration is also uh, quoted as well about, you no know, from 1921 to 1924 that we have limited immigration coming into America. But... In basis of race, are black citizens actually being able to vote in America? And this is something we'll actually have a look at. So there seems to be this appearance that America is living up to its mantle, the, the life and the home here of the free and the home of the brave. 
However, the southern states have continued to pass laws to keep black and white people separate and these laws became known as the Jim Crow laws. So what we have now and what our keyword of today is segregation, which is spelled S-E-G-R-E-G-A-T-I-O-N. And this means that white and black people had to be separated in society. And that is something that I spoke to my third year classes about last year. You know, we've, we've seen the images in terms of, you know, uh, drinking fountains, how there would be one for white and one for black, the same for waiting rooms, also schools as well. So we're really going to dive into this. So it's really going to affect all areas of society. So because of this um, segregation, no, all areas of society are affected by this in terms of religion, healthcare, entertainment and education. Black people generally had the worst jobs and the poor standard of education. And because they're saying, well, you know, they don't have great literacy rates here, they're not in professional jobs as teachers, lawyers, that the jobs that they're in is still servants. Um, and that really emphasises to society, well, that's their place, like they are in fear, they're in no way in terms of shaping towards that of white Americans. So many laws are passed in different states during the years 1870 to 1900, which furthermore adds to segregation. So in the state of Louisiana, they go on to say that there is to be a separate building on separate ground for the admission, care, instruction, support of all blind persons of the coloured or black race. So think about that, you know, if you're blind and you're a black American, that there has to be a separate building for you. Like that's something that we would cry up in arms today if that was to come across on the news that people with um, disabilities here are not being treated with care or that of compassion. In the state of Georgia, um, they had a law that said it was unlawful for coloured people to use any park for the use and enjoyment of white persons and unlawful for any white person to use any park for the use and benefit of coloured persons. So we've got separate parks there. Separate schools should be maintained for the children of white and coloured races, as in the state of Mississippi. So think about it in terms of, you know, how there was a white school, there was a school for um, black Americans here as well. There was no mixing amongst that of um, the people. In the state of North Carolina, it says the state librarian is directed to fit up and maintain a separate place for the use of coloured people who may come to the library for the purpose of reading books. So um, they don't have the same access in a library setting. And in the state of Florida, it goes on to say about all marriages between a white person and a person of colour are therefore prohibited. So you can't have any mixed marriages that uh, take place here. So personal freedoms and liberties here are very much being restricted. There is also voting restrictions that are taking place as well. So a poll tax is introduced, which means that a tax had to be paid in order to be able to vote. And most people, um, most black Americans are too poor to pay for this tax. So this goes against their amendment, their constitutional rights. Furthermore, um, as I was saying, because they were seen to be inferior and um, not having a formal education, that literacy tests are introduced. So if you're a white person, you know, you reach the age in which you can vote, you go along, you get your vote for uh, registering to vote, no questions are asked. If you're someone of colour and you are going to get registered to vote, you're going to be asked to pass a literacy test. Is that fair? No, it is not. Why is it they're doing that? Well, they're, def they're trying to create obstacles here to prevent black Americans 
from expressing their civil liberties and their constitution. And it's not going to be an easy test. They have deliberately have made it difficult. So they have to read difficult extracts. Um, if you are one of the people that are able to pass this test, then you could be threatened and you could be attacked. You know, we're going to be learning about know how the Ku Klux Klan are constantly hanging around here, around voting stations as so white people uh, really believe that Jim Crow laws have made races separate but equal. However, this is very much disputed uh, by black Americans. We would also dispute it as well in terms of historians. But we're really tapping into the psyche in terms of the racism, the prejudice, the stereotypes that are permeating through society. And already you can see how there's very strong obstacles before they can be any way categorised as being true equals in society. What they will have to overcome in terms of housing, jobs, wages, voting rights here as well. So it's very much agreed here by the laws to keep the races apart and that facilities that are available are going to be overwhelming unequal as well in society. So just think about it, you know, in terms of like slavery, like when you think about how the American Civil War, when it ended in 1865 and there's the end of the plantations and how Abraham Lincoln has declared that slavery was, an e was illegal and that slaves were free in 1863. But yet, you know, you're talking about a hundred years later in 1963, Martin Luther King is standing on the steps, the memorial to Abraham Lincoln, and he gave his I Have a Dream speech, in which he hoped that one day his four small children would be judged by the content of their character rather than that of the colour of their skins. And they have not been made free by any means at the end of the American Civil War. That, particularly in the southern states, that there has to be a quickly set up new way here to control the black population. And this is done through the Jim Crow laws in which have segregated black from, uh, from white Americans. And they deny uh, black Americans their freedom. And particularly 1896 sorry, is a very pivotal year because this is when we have uh, a decision that is made in the Supreme Court of the United States of America that reaches the decision that the Jim Crow laws are actually legal. And that black Americans are not being treated unfairly, that this is something that is status quo at the time. And these laws will remain in effect then for the next 60 years. So this is still quite current um, history. So in 1865, is there a turning point for black Americans? Uh, most uh, have been slaves in the United States. You know, we've seen the Atlantic Slave Trade Unit and how they're punished, tortured, um, more predominantly so, and how they're seen as livestock and commodities for that of the plantation owners. The white owners of slaves could buy and sell their slaves at any given time. No slave families were split up without warning, and most slaves have worked on plantations in which they're producing cotton and tobacco, working long hours, and there's very little welfare. That is given towards them. And there's this argument about when the slave trade comes to an end in America. Well, you know, it's at the end of how the southern states of America live. That's going to be ruin their economy and their way of life. And so they want to think about, you know, how is it this can be maintained? 
So one of the main reasons why the American Civil War takes place from 1861 to 1865 is because the question of slavery, um, the North didn't want slavery, the Southern states and um, the South did. And when the North had won the Civil War in 1865, it looked as if, you know, black Americans were going to be seen as free, that they would be able to live free lives. But black Americans were more hopeful for a better life in 1868 when a change was made to the US Constitution for a set of rules which says how America should be governed. It said that black people were the right to freedom and be treated by the law in the same way as white people. In 1870, we've got the 15th Amendment in which um, black American adult males are given the right to vote. The 15th Amendment, you know, as we recap there about how nobody should lose the right to vote because of the colour of their race. So it's saying for a short time that the Civil War for the life of the USA's former slaves would improve. However, by 1900, almost no black person in the South was able to vote easily. And the Jim Crow laws restricted the freedoms of black Americans and the Supreme Court decision of 1896 denied most black Americans their freedom, which they had fought hard to win in the 1860s. So to be able to vote in the United States of America, it was necessary to be registered. Many southern states created new voting rules in which it was very difficult for black Americans to register. Some examples of these voting qualifications included literacy tests, the ability to understand and explain contemplated rules and the government, and the introduction of the tax, which had to be paid before voting to register, our poll tax. So, you know, we had things such as, you know, like how many bubbles are there on a bar of soap? So... You know, if, you've, if you're washing your hands bar of soap, you know, every single day, you could say that there's different bubbles. If you uh, watch the movie Selma, it's it's fantastic in terms of showcasing Martin Luther King and the important march towards um, gaining voting registration rights. But at the start of the movie, you see a black American woman who is wanting to register to vote. And she is being asked to quote um, parts of the Constitution of America. Um, she is also asked to name all the Supreme Court judges as well, for us white Americans wouldn't be asked to do it. So they're being asked to try to remember a lot of information or being asked very difficult questions to also come across um, as well. So places, especially as the North, um, black voters did elect black representatives and senators. But the reality is that for most Americans in the South did not vote because the white society made it difficult for them to do so. So Jim Crow is is more impressed upon in the southern states, not necessarily in the north, but in the north there is elements still of inequality taking place here, particularly in terms of wages and housing and opportunities. So in 1900, there was 180,000 black people who had the right to vote in Alabama. When the state made it difficult for black Americans to register, the number of actual voters fell then to 3,000. So think about it. We're supposed to be 180,000 people who should be able to vote, but yet only 3,000 are able. Is that a hallmark of democracy achieved? No, it is not. There is no form here of universal suffrage where people can actually express their rights and can actually see things being changed in terms of education and social welfare and health. So why is it that there's this difficulty that is taking place? So in 1900, very few black people in the South were able to vote. If they could not vote, they could not elect politicians to fight against the Jim Crow laws. Politicians in the South relied upon white voters. Since many of the white voters were also racist, it made no political sense to campaign to help black people in the South. 
It also made no sense for politicians to try to stop the torture and murder of black Americans, which was also known as lynching, in which you could be walking down the street, someone could grab you. The next day, your body could be found suspended from a tree. Is the sheriff, is the police force there going to investigate it? The majority of the time, it's not going to take place here. Particularly when we have a look at the KKK, we'll find about how no sheriffs and people involved in courts, judges were also part of the Ku Klux Klan as well. Even Woodrow Wilson, who's the president of the United States, described black Americans as an ignorant and inferior race. So imagine that the idea, the president of the United States, who's supposed to uphold the Constitution, is saying that they are unfair. You're going to listen to your president, so you're going to think, well, yes, indeed, they are inferior. They're not equal to us. And that is something that is an embarrassment for someone who is a public figurehead. It's almost sort of like, you know, how Donald Trump has come out and he's um, being very bombastic in his character, how he's talked against Mexicans, people that are also of a Muslim faith as well. His whole... Um, organization and management of COVID-19 as well it hasn't been that great for a statesman and when you have someone talking about you know we're going to build a wall to celebrate uh, to separate Americans and Mexicans and it goes on ahead you know this is something that is a public uproar but when someone of an elected office goes around and says this it means that people that are racist people that are rednecks are going to see this well there's someone who's validating who's confirming my view so why did problems increase for black Americans after the Civil War? When slaves were slaves, everyone knew what was expected of them. Black slaves could be punished if their owner did not like what the slaves said, did, or even the way that they looked. Once slaves were freed, the white population of the South worried how they continued to control their former slaves. There were two answers, Jim Crow and the Ku Klux Klan. So what is Jim Crow? So from uh, watching the two clips that I posted on YouTube on Microsoft Teams today, you know, the first one there that is showing a man who has blackened his face and he's speaking a very slurred speech. You know, he's talking about, you know, how he couldn't get a job in a post office and the questions that they had asked him that he has misconstrued it and the audience are really laughing at this and the white American woman is like really uh, trying to educate him and correcting everything that he says. Um, the second clip there, that overviewed some of the Jim Crow laws and how we have people that were taken to the stages minstrels, uh, blacking their face and really showcasing how black Americans were dim and how they were unfair. So the South was determined to keep control over the black population. They made new laws in their own states called Jim Crow laws. The name Jim Crow is not any one person. It's a nickname for all sorts of laws that treated black Americans unfairly and made sure that the black and white people were kept separate and that black people were denied their legal rights. The name Jim Crow seemed to start as a silly dancing character that appeared in a stage show across the South. The Jim Crow character was developed by a performer known as Thomas Dartworth Daddy Rice, a white man who darkened his face with burnt cork dressed in baggy clothes and danced a silly jig when reinforcing Southern beliefs that black people were inferior to whites. The name Jim Crow caught on and was being used to describe segregated railway carriages as early as the 1840s, long before the Civil War had even started. The Southern states used Jim Crow laws to maintain a segregated society in which white authority kept control over the black population. Many white Southerners said that segregation, in terms of keeping black and white people separate, just meant that black and white people would be separate but equal facilities. 
and the separate but equal is a phrase that is used in a decision of the Supreme Court in the 1896 case that made segregation legal and respectable across the United States of America. Most black people disagreed with the separate but equal claim. They agreed that black, uh, sorry, they agreed that Jim Crow laws kept the races apart, but black Americans claimed that places as different as cinemas, toilet facilities, and railway carriages were seldom separate and equal. The following description was written by a modern-day historian describing it. The realities of Jim Crow were harsh. Wherever black people lived or travelled in the South, they were faced with the humiliation of seeing doors that were open to white people legally close to them. Restaurants, hotel doors, movie house doors and public parks, pools, benches were all closed. Or they would find two sets of doors, two kinds of facilities for drinking fountains to schools. One set of doors was white, the other was black, one set was clean and well cared for, the other was usually broken, neglected by the white authorities and shamefully unequal as well. Jim Crow laws affected every part of black American life. Black children were forbidden to attend schools with white children. Black Americans only restricted access to public parks and restaurants. At work they had separate bathrooms and collected their pay separately from whites. There were even strict bans on white and black people marrying and cemeteries even had to provide separate graveyards as well. There were even separate entrances into hospitals. It was also forbidden for um, a black American to be renting accommodation that had white Americans as well. So, so far, you know, this is something that is a common thing that hasn't made legal yet and that takes place in 1896. So the Supreme Court is the most important legal court in the United States of America. It does not make laws, it makes decisions. The Supreme Court decides if any law takes away or limits the basic rights of people that are guaranteed in the US Constitution. In 1896, the Supreme Court made a decision about a legal case involving a black man called Homer Plaza. In 1892, Plaza objected to having to move from his seat on a train just because it was reserved for white people. Plaza was arrested and found guilty under the Jim Crow laws. However, he was a determined man and fought his case through more and more important legal courts in the United States. Eventually, the case went to the Supreme Court. Plaza argued that the Jim Crow laws broke federal law and were against the US Constitution. So you would think, you know, from saying this, that the Supreme Court will obviously fall into his um, argument because, you know, based on the Constitution, that is unjust. However, he loses his case. In 1896, the Supreme Court decided it was acceptable for black and white people to be segregated as long as equal facilities were provided for each race. The decision or ruling of the Supreme Court was called the separate but equal decision. It accepted that Jim Crow laws were legal and acceptable across the United States of America, mainly as a result of this ruling, segregation was strengthened and did not start to break down until 1954, nearly 60 years in its so in terms of our Jim Crow laws, uh, we have things such as black and white people have separate waiting rooms for buses and trains. In restaurants, it's against the law to serve black and white people in the same room. Separate cinemas, uh, separate textbooks for white and black school children. If a black and white person were found living together, they were sent to prison for 12 months and also fined. No white nurses are to work in a hospital where black people were being treated. Black and white people had separate public drinking fountains. There were separate schools for black and white children. All railway companies were required to provide separate waiting rooms for white and coloured passengers. Any officers and directors of railway companies that failed to follow this law were found guilty and could be fined anything between $100 to $500. 
and that black people had to address white men and women either by sir or madam and they were not allowed to shake their hands. So you can see here how this is a very unfair, very unjust clause that has happened in America and how people in the South particularly feel that there's no escape from segregation, they're being suppressed as well and they will have this to contend with along with the Ku Klux Klan which we will be looking at shortly as well. So that's today's lesson on uh, the Jim Crow laws. I'm just going to upload this podcast as well as the PowerPoint and the task that we are going to be um, undertaking this week. Um, like, no, feel free to do your own research around it, to have a look at different areas in America and how it is that they deal with Jim Crow. There's a lot of, uh, there's a really good documentary on the Jim Crow laws on YouTube as well, which we'll link up to our Microsoft Teams account to you as well. So like always, you know, feel free to share something you find interesting and um, something you find important. Um, if you've got any further questions, you no, know, please do forward those as well. Um, I'm going to do some consolidation work on this task and this week um, I really want to have a look at recapping the evaluate the usefulness question. So hope you have enjoyed um, today's lesson. You know, it's something that you could be bringing up in terms of um, conversation with your parents um, or whoever's in your, your household at the minute um, over dinner. You know, have a look at in terms of um, the discussion thread that I put up on Friday in terms, can you think about any other prejudice or stereotypes that have also happened in society as well? Um, something to have a look at as well, you know, are white and black people still, is there still this sense of inequality that is um, taking place, particularly in America? So um, if you've got anything you'd like to ask, please let me know and I shall speak to you soon. So enjoy the rest of your day.